Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm your other host, Sean. And joining us once again today, our special guest from the Toy Story Minute, it's John. Welcome back. Hi. That's my name. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that is you. The so, whole thing. Welcome thanks back. For, once again. Well, I'm glad to be yeah. back. Uh, so we are back. We have you with us to talk about Minute 66. Oh, no, I'm so, sorry. Well, I was going to say yeah, it, no, but yeah. yeah, Sean, give us that summary. We got to execute Minute 66. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> So in minute 66, Phil tells Rita he is a god, but not the god. Phil tells Rita he survives so many deadly things, and Rita says 12 years of Catholic school tells her not to believe him. <laughs> I just I, and be, oh. before we get into there's a lot going on with with Phil's deity status and everything, uh-huh. but we get just the final little bit of Larry's eulogizing a Phil from yesterday <laughs> with, he's just got to say a lot, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot. A lot. We liked him a lot, a lot. lot. you know, so just, yeah, it, it's, it's Larry being Larry and it's, it's wonderful. It's the, the, the reason we love Chris Elliott, that he can deliver those kind of lines with, with, you know, that kind of a passion. <laughs> I, oh, yes. A Look, I still want to yeah. say this though. Larry, I'm going to get in his perspective. Like, yeah, he's going to, you know, he's just, uh, he, he doesn't, he's apathetic in a sense where he's just like, like, I don't know. I didn't, I know it's not my fault. He's like, I know. I just pointed the camera. And then, and you know, he's like, he's probably more than happy. He's like, hey, Rita, let's go. Let's leave the town. We'll get back to Pittsburgh and then we'll let them know what happened. And, you know, they could send their lawyers out and they could figure it out. And then they're going to get hit in a storm and they have to come back into town. So it's like, oh, no. so like they, he's like, Harry's like, ah, oh, I gotta go back to town. And so he's gonna be like, they're gonna be there and they're gonna be like, yeah, we just guys. They must have found his body right away then, right? Like, how did they, I mean, I guess he was on the news yesterday, so that's how they identified him so quickly to find these guys. Well, I guess, I mean, he was, I mean, depending on how he died, he might have done, he might have died in his pajamas somehow. He could have gotten shot or stabbed, one of the many things mm-hmm. he says here. And so they're like, yeah, the entire town probably doesn't identify him. Then it, one person says, uh, oh, yeah, what, isn't he the news reporter from, you know, from Channel 9? And so then they go, oh, they're in town, and they contact them, and et cetera, et cetera. They bring them down to the to the morgue. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and some of these, some of these, like, days must be so confusing for them, because they just don't see him at all. Yeah, you know, like we gotta, we gotta go, Phil. Come on, he's nowhere to be seen. Sometimes because he's dead. Yeah, sometimes he's dead, and yeah, they're probably like, yeah, I guess he'll get a taxi or he'll get get a ride back eventually. But doesn't matter. The tan- the, the the day repeats. I mean, if you're Larry, uh, then do you really are you really that concerned that he's not going to be on the ride home with you? <laughs> It's 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 more of a responsibility thing, I think, for like for Rita's sake, is that she wants she needs to know where, you know, she's the producer. She needs to know where the the guy who came up in the van with them on this business trip, like what happened to him. 
Right. How do you explain that? Like, oh, you left on February 1st with a cameraman and the weather reporter, the, the weatherman. You come back on February 2nd with just the cameraman. <laughs> like, how do you explain it? It's like, yeah, I, um, eh, I lost him. We misplaced Phil. Like, yeah, that's probably tough to explain as a, as a producer. And in their minds, they'll, Chris they'll, O'Donnell, the largest of the three, simply ate the other ones <laughs> as the dominant. And the thing is that, like, you know, the line's down in the town, so Rita can't call the network back and let them know that Phil has committed suicide or whatever. She can't oh, even wh- tell them. Right. They're, 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 they're trapped by the blizzard. They're stuck in Punxsutawney with the body of Phil Connors. And, you know, mm-hmm. we have the, either the body or just the mystery of the disappearance yeah. of Phil Connors. And so Rita has to, like, sign for, you know, the body release, you know? She has to probably, like, take responsibility <laughs> for Phil's body at the morgue. She's, like, she's probably sitting there, like, trying to keep her act together. And, you know, maybe, yeah, Larry's, like, getting coffee, like, watching her. She's probably writing, like, they're probably going over what credentials. And they're, like, going over his, his uh, driver's license, like, writing down his, uh, you know, in- <laughs> information that they could find in his wallet and stuff. Do, do they bring him yeah. back to Pittsburgh in the van? <laughs> well, they can't. They're brigadooned in there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I bet you, I bet you... She brings that up, and Larry's like, "No, the equipment's back there." Like he's, <laughs> he's like, "No, yeah, we're not they... doing that." Send it hers. We'll get back to Pittsburgh. Tell the send hers. Okay. Yeah, they'll deliver him. <laughs> we'll get. Yeah, Larry's like, "I'm not. No, no, equipment's back there." <laughs> well, he's. It's gonna be weird because <laughs> Larry, even Larry, if they do, I'm sorry. Larry's like, "I'll bunch you to the roof. How about that?" <laughs> yeah, bungee on the roof. <laughs> And then they drive back, but they're brigadooned in by the snowstorm. And then, like, it's frozen. It's just fr- yeah, frozen, frozen to the roof of the van. Just like stuck to the roof. Just parked in the parked in the hot the, the hotel's parking lot is this van with a black body bag on top. Well, it's gonna get stuck in that blizzard. You know, the blizzard's gonna you know the the snow's gonna accumulate. It's gonna melt and then it's gonna freeze. And so they can't get the body off at the end of the night. So the end of the just night them there. is just them trying to remove his body and like, should we use an ice pick? What do we do? So there's just this news van outside the hotel with a dude stuck on it. I'm imagining not even a body bag. I'm imagining just like, just this frozen corpse. <laughs> yeah, they're like, can we take the body bag? I'm sorry, that's town property. All right. Well, it's just, yeah, Larry's like, let me see if I got some bungee cords in the back. <laughs> Some gaffer's tape. Or yeah, I got some gaffer's tape. Yeah. <laughs> I like Rita. <laughs> Rita, can you actually sit in the back with the equipment and we'll just stick him in the passengers? Yeah, I need you to, yeah, yeah. I need you to hold his arms so I can just tape him to the chair. Get the, the seatbelt in well, there. We can burnies him out. Let's <laughs> just have him wait for the window. We can't, yeah, we can't put the heater on. He'll defrost. <laughs> It's gonna really stick it up. Oh man! Yeah, so the whole drive. Then how? And the longer they're driving, the more they're thinking. Okay, we gotta get there fast because this is not going well. Yeah, we gotta get there. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta get there before spring, and he defrosts. Yeah. 
This is this is turning into a weekend at Bernie's level. Yeah. Well, I'm, so yeah, I'm wondering how long does Larry drive around with Phil in the passenger seat <laughs> so he can use like the high occupancy lanes. <laughs> He can already use it with Rita in there. He's not carpooling with this. This isn't that episode of King of the Hill where they get Becky's body cast. <sighs> There's already two people. You don't need more for the carpool. <laughs> and do you really think people are monitoring the carpool lane during a blizzard like this? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait now, well, let me do a count. Cop, roll, you know, roll down your window, sir. Larry's like, nah, I can't. The window's stuck. <laughs> what is this frozen body on top of this news <laughs> what you really gotta do is cause the van gets stuck in the snow so you get the frozen body put it under the van and use it like a ski and just push it <laughs> oh god Larry will get out and push and Rita will steer it and you know they'll get home that way yeah. <laughs> oh and unfortunately, that will break the curse, and so Phil is dead now. Oh, man. Uh, woof. <laughs> oh, woof. Oh. All right, way to bring everybody down. Well, anyway, yeah. Phil's so, gone. Yeah, so, so, br- <laughs> oh, well, so bringing it back to the minute, and, and love- leading up to this explanation, or exclamation from yeah. Phil about his status. Mm-hmm. Proclamation. Proclamation. Pro- oh, I like that proclamation. So there's there's a little bit different. The lead up to this is a little bit different in the original script. Um, as we mentioned before, this was originally written with a lot of voiceover from Phil Connor, a lot of exposition and narration, and kind of telling us where we're going. So in the original script, uh, there's Phil in voiceover says, uh, "Well, he's they can't. He's waking up. He's in the bed and breakfast, and he's thinking." There are only two possibilities. Either I'm alive and condemned to an eternal living hell in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, or I have successfully died and I condemn and I am condemned to an eternal dead hell in Punxsutawney, <laughs> Pennsylvania. And then so as he's thinking this or as the voiceover is saying this, he's going through his routine. He's having his encounter with uh, Mrs. Lancaster. He's leaving the bed and breakfast. And then he... He's walking past the old homeless man on the street. And in the original script, that the old homeless man isn't mm-hmm. just standing there quietly begging for money, but he's like, uh, the end is nigh and judgment day is coming. He's kind of a, a street corner preacher that's going off. And seeing this, then Phil has an, another thought. And again, this is in voiceover. Phil says, why didn't I see it before? There's, there's only one possibility I haven't considered. And that leads to, and then that leads to the I am the God line. So like Mm -hmm. in his mind, Phil is thinking, well, either, you know, I'm alive in this eternal hell of Punxsutawney or I'm dead. And then this third possibility pops into his head that, that I am a God. And then that leads to the the, the rest of the scene that we see here. And I thought I, I, I had that in my notes anyway. But I thought that was really interesting because you kind of were touching on that yesterday, John, where you talked about the process of, you know, trying these different suicides the way we've seen Phil, like, you know, trying to seduce Rita and stuff like that. Like, did he have to, you know, if he's gone through this process of many days and now he's, you know, at least at some point in the original script, he kind of questions, okay, one of these suicides attempts like actually took. 
for real, and now I'm dead. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So just a little angle well, that that didn't dead. you know that's not in the the final thing there. Wait, maybe maybe he's right and he is dead, and then he this is just like this is what purgatory is, and then he I like earns his good deeds to go back and come back to life. I yeah. mean, it at least is analogous for that, for a purgatory. Right. Yeah, I mean, this, it's a very, um, like, existential French philosopher, mm-hmm. Jean-Paul Sartre concept of of purgatory or hell is, you know, just being, you know, just a regular day in Punxsutawney, PA, is probably, you know, Phil Connor's idea of hell. Yeah. Speaking of um, existentialism... This brings me to the actual reason that I came, uh, that I picked these minutes. Um, it wasn't all for the suicide and, uh, tomorrow's, uh, exposition on, on uh, the sex life of the town. But it's because, um, I'm kind of a little obsessed with this movie for the reasons of, I know you guys have talked about Nietzsche's Returnal Return. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, uh, either of you read the book, uh, The Eternal Lightness of, uh, Unbearable Lightness of Being by Milan Kudera? Whoa. No, I it's a, not. He's a Czech, uh, Czech author who was like around that time where existentialism was beginning a big thing. And the explanation for the title, I think, kind of says it all. Because it starts out talking about the theory of eternal return, that if time is infinite and space is finite, eventually things go over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, it uses grander terms than this, like, uh, you know, if Robespierre kill someone that it's a bigger it's a much bigger deal if it happens over and over again uh because it's basically saying in eternal return if you make a decision then that's kind of it that happens infinite times because the world and all the universe repeats over and over Mm -hmm. so if you do that then all of your actions have a weight to them and that's the unbearable weight of being but in contrast and what a lot of the book is about is it's kind of just as existentially terrifying. It's like the question of, is it worse if nothing matters or if everything matters? That if we just get this one go, then everything you do is is extremely light and does it really matter because it's all just finite and it's all going to come to an end. And that's why it's called the unbearable lightness of being. This kind of... It, 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 this philosophy kind of, in my mind, can combine very easily with this film because Phil's perspective of what a god is or what maybe the god is, that is to say something that is outside of time and thus can influence this eternal cycle, it starts to make you think, and I'm not sure what all I believe, like religiously or, or, or what have you, but it's a really interesting idea of you know, whether you say, like, the Christian god or whatever god, of being a being that is not necessarily omnipotent, but is, has at least, you know, some power over the universe, and lives outside of time, and has seen the cycle over and over, and at maybe some point figured out how to game the cycle, and be like, hey, maybe I'll, like, send some dude to die on a cross, or maybe I'll, you know, go tell a prophet that I'm the people and they should go to Mecca or like, Hey, I'm going to be like, yo, Siddhartha, uh, go think about some stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. God can interfere 
you know, lowercase g or uppercase g, and that kind of is what makes... Because to me, this is a better... I mean, I don't want to uh, preach or anything, but this is a better idea to me than the idea of an omnipotent god that just doesn't care enough to, like, solve all our problems. Because, mm-hmm. as we see later, Phil can't make this a perfect day, but he can do a lot. And that's kind of a good idea of, like, what a kind and loving and almighty, but not omnipotent, like, more powerful than anything, if only because of experience kind of god or phil could do if like phil learned like to perfectly game the system he could make the day really great but he can't make it perfect and that's kind of what like the earth is a bit maybe Mm -hmm. that's just like okay i got really into these you know these two things uh this you know czech existential novel and also this 1993 bill murray movie (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, I, I can I can see the connection definitely because it, it's 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 interesting that this stage when when Phil comes out with this proclamation and says mm-hmm. I am a god, he hasn't really. We see him. He he. How shall I say? He becomes more godlike later in the movie. I mean, what he has done. Oh, he's not very. He's not a good god. <laughs> well, no, but you know he. You know what he's done is. He's shown he's shown that he can die and and he comes back you know the the next day or he can be hurt or injured and he comes back whole and unharmed the next morning. He shows that he can you know he can gain knowledge that he shouldn't have given the situation that he's only in this town for the one day, but in terms of the things you were talking about in terms of the the benevolence or just having an effect on other people. I mean, other than trying to seduce all the eligible women in Punxsutawney, you know, he hasn't really kind of pushed the limit of that, of of what can you do? If you were a god, what could you do? It's kind of like the equivalent of, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a god, I'm all powerful, and so I'm going to get the high score on... Mm-hmm. This video game. Well, you do it's everything. Like, well, you know, if that's all, if that's all you, if that's all you could do, are you really a god? You kind of have to push the limits a little bit before you start proclaiming yourself a deity. I think. Well, gods aren't always good or even particularly powerful. Like, depending how you define a god, mm-hmm. as she says, you know, twelve years a Catholic school. This isn't. <laughs> necessarily squaring with like the idea of the Christian, the Judeo-Christian idea of like a benevolent good god. It could also be like a trickster god, which I think is much more in line with Phil for majority of this movie, at least. Mm-hmm. Or like you know a god of some like obscure thing, like I'm the god of you know wine, or you know, or a, a, an, an evil god even. Like a, a, by basically a god is just something that has supernatural like knowledge or ability, you know. So him saying a god, not the god, is important here. Yeah. So it's just, so I'll, I'll throw uh, there's a it's on my notes. So there, there's another line from the the original script, the very first version, as written by Danny Rubin. There's a line that that didn't like didn't even make it. I don't think it made it to the second revision. Uh, but he says, uh, and this is I in the part while well, well, in this speech as he's talking to Andy McDowell. Or I guess at that point it was just Rita, it wasn't Andy yet. But he says, listen to me, 
I have no fears, no fear of failure, no fear of rejection, no fear of death. That makes me not human. But I think the immortality thing really clinches it. And it kind of, and, and I think that that ties into what you were talking about the the lightness or the weightiness of what we do. If we're doing things once, are we doing things over and over again? What is the importance if we, you know, on the one hand, if this is just one life we're going through once, then, you know, do you say, well, gee, well, that means everything you do has this this weight because it's your one chance. Or is it a lightness to say you do it once you pass through that moment and that moment's gone. That moment never comes back. And, you know, and that kind of made me think of, huh. is it our fears that make us human? If Phil is saying, I have no fear, and that's what makes me not human. So they're not ready for doors is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, they're going to need some time. Have we talked about the ways that Phil has killed himself or has died yet? Because no. there's some interesting ones in there. That we have yeah. not. That we have not. Have talked we, is about. Okay. Is that this minute? Oh, that is this minute. Yeah. 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 So let's. So Phil's deaths that he yeah that he lists. Mm-hmm. So he we've got he, car wreck. Yeah. We've seen blown up. What is is this? What did he do? Same with the car wreck. I believe because the car went into the quarry okay. and then the truck blew up. Okay. He says he's been stabbed and that he's been shot. Who was it? Was this self-inflicted? Did he go like taunt someone? What? How do you get murdered? I think he found. <laughs> I think murdered? he found like the toughest guy that Sean. Uh, Sean saw a guy in uh, in leather and f- fringe in in uh, oh, Gobbler's yeah. Knob at Gobbler's so, Knob. Yeah. So he I was think a, he was a tough. Yeah. So I think I think I think just uh, yeah. Phil purposely antagonized him to stab him. Uh, shot could just be a, could be a police thing, could be a holdout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm very, I'm actually mostly excited about poisoned. I like to think somebody really m- maliciously poisoned somebody him. else poisoned him. I thought this was definitely self inflicted. Man, I want Mrs. Lancaster to poison him. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to do he just pissed her off so. Much. I want him to like. He walks in the bed breakfast and talks smack about every dog painting and sculpture she has <laughs> in the entire building. And then he's like, this was an accident. And he goes, no, he goes, he goes, this no. is dumb. That's dumb. This is dumb. Where's my coffee? And she goes, she goes, I'll have to go in the kitchen. And she goes in the kitchen yeah. and she gets out that cyanide bottle and she just yep. dumps that whole bad boy. You know the cyanide bottle that you have? Oh, in she's kitchen? got the arsenic and everything. Yeah. And she's just dumping it in that coffee. Like, and he knows, he knows because he's going, because he's Phil Connors, he's going through the cabinets and, and the bathrooms and the toilet bowls of every house in this town. So he yeah, knows, he, he knows she has where they keep the cyanide. He knows yeah. every secret. So he's purposely, he's like, he knows what buttons to push. She's going to get the arsenic, put in his coffee, and he's going to sit there. And he's going he's gonna to drink it. He's going to look right at her as he does. And then he's going to just keel over. And uh, and then, yeah, she's going to bury him out back. And then and then Larry and Rita come. <laughs> no witnesses. No witnesses. And then Larry and Rita come. She goes, yeah. oh, I don't know. He left for the day. <laughs> He says, he and got, then, and then, like, the, and yeah. then the next day, like, the special menu at the B and B is, or at the Cherry Street Inn is like meat pies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It's the Groundhog yes. Day special. Yes. <laughs> oh, 
he uh he also says he got frozen and that's the way he died yes yeah, uh, so for, yeah frozen so stab was this shot going poison, out into frozen. the blizzard was he was he trying to go out in the blizzard and that's how he died frozen just walked yeah he just walked out of town just kept going but how but how long does it take yeah, at some point how long does it take to freeze to death uh, if you're just walking out into a hellish blizzard like that, yeah, not that long. At least you pass out, you know. Okay, yeah. I mean, because he's only got 24 hours, you know, so it can't, so it can't be I a think long that death. If you can't freeze yourself to death in 24 hours, you're not trying hard <laughs> enough. Okay. Now the one that that stuck out to me that I was interested in because is hung. And oh, that's self inflicted. But the way he says it, he doesn't say. I died by hanging or I hung myself. He says, I have been hung. Oh, just like he says, just... I have been poisoned. Like, who? I could, yeah, I could definitely see Mrs. Lancaster poisoning <laughs> Phil. Like, yes. No, this was self But who's going to hang him? He mentions things that are definitely, like, the car wreck was kind of self-inflicted. And mm-hmm. the electrocuted that he says after hung, I think, was referring to the toaster. Yeah. So this is, he just doesn't want to freak Rita out by saying that he's killed himself. I would like the idea, though, of, uh, okay. that he somehow pissed off and he did enough in the town that a lynch mob went after him. <laughs> and he's oh, no. and they got him. They got him on a box, like in a, near in a gobbler's knob tree in the middle of town. And it's just like this town justice. And they're like, well, you have any final words, Phil Connors? <laughs> and he's like, I'll see you all tomorrow. And then they kick they the box out from under the him. box out. Yeah. Yeah, I can kind of see like the, like the first couple times before he has that route to the quarry memorized. Like the first time he kidnaps the groundhog, they catch him, and they they. <laughs> this is that kind of town where they just kill a guy for kidnapping a groundhog. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, the German film M. It's just like, they're, the whole yeah. town's like, we gotta lynch this guy, we gotta kill him. The whole town. We don't count it, the it, and like it, it turns out like that. They probably feed him to the groundhog. I bet oh. little hey. Phil has got like a taste for human flesh, and that's like the, the secret. Groundhogs, are groundhogs carnivorous at all? That one is. I thought they were herbivores. I'm thinking. I think. Well, that's that's why it has hungry. That's why I can me. tell the. Oh, that's why the groundhog can predict the weather because it's been eating weathermen. Whoa! <laughs> we broke each other powers. <laughs> we did it. That's the source of the groundhog powers that it eats a weatherman and it gains its strength. It's like Highlander. This happens every year, you guys. <laughs> this is why they've run out of weathermen and they have to import one. Yes, that's that's, that's why it happens. Oh, yeah. Man. So anyway, so He's, so these he mentions. Yeah. He mentions also burning, but he doesn't mention jumping off the building, which makes me think that he didn't die from that. That's my main thought. Right. Okay. That, like, he just yeah. got really hurted. Hurt. Yeah, he, he doesn't mean Well, how would you say? So I've been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, burned, and and dropped from great height. Mm. It just doesn't fit into... I would say thrown off a building. It doesn't rhythmically fit into that sentence. But right, yeah, he doesn't mention that. Yeah. So maybe he, he lived through that one. I mean, I'm sure he's tried other ways than just these. Yeah, uh, he's a pretty creative guy. I'm sure he's come up with lots of different stuff. I really like, because I really like the way that uh, Annie McDowell says 12 years of Catholic school. Like, she accentuates <laughs> the years, years really interestingly. And I, I, it got me so interested that I looked up the line. And actually, this might be a reference to a movie she was in before this. I don't know if either of you saw this. 
She was in the in the famously bad Bruce Willis film Hudson Hawk. Oh, absolutely. Where she played yeah. a a nun that was also an assassin. Yep. And so maybe that might be why she's a Catholic because she killed people as a Catholic. <laughs> And reading the description of Hudson Hawk, I was like, I need to, I need to see this movie because this has like, this has the proto, uh, Batman v Superman mustache thing where they digitally (laughs) inserted a hairline onto Bruce Willis. Oh God, this movie, man. God. So I I really need to see this movie now. And it's interesting that she's like. No, She's you don't. insisting that, like, Catholicism has prepped her for this when he says outright, not the god, a god. Like, he keeps saying, no, not the monotheistic god. C- like, think for a second. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm Jesus, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, so does, well, so when Phil says he's a god, you know, and, and we've, we've talked about, and I think this, this movie touches on the themes of immortality, but... Mm-hmm. Phil isn't living a long time. He's living a short time over and over again. So does Phil think there's like 365 different or 365 and a quarter Phil's and each one is living a different day? Like all together, he is like, you know, he knows everything for all time, but he's divided up into sections. So like, well, he each part of him only knows one day. This is interesting because he doesn't physically change. But he does because his brain has to store all this information. So, like, if you... I mean, obviously this is magical in origin, the whole, like, repeating Groundhog Day loop thing. But, like, his actual physical bodily chemistry changes a little bit. Mm -hmm. And to the point where it's kind of interesting, you know, if you get into too many years, uh, how much the brain can handle, how much, like, the human mind can handle as far as memory, like... He, he might kind of go a little, uh, how, you know, if he read all the books in the library, can he remember all of yeah. them? Like, you don't remember things from years ago, so it, it brings up whole questions of <laughs> crazy what a person is and, uh, how much your physical self reflects your, you know, what you think of as yourself. That's what I had to say. <sighs> so there's an interesting line and, uh-huh. and it, and it went through some, iterations through uh through the script writing process so in you mean blueberry muffins right yeah there's that next minute (laughs) yeah no that's next minute but yeah the daily special does change through different versions it's not even breakfast like initially it's like the soup of the day she's talking about it's weird then it becomes waffles or i don't know Mm -hmm. so in the the first version of the screenplay when rita asks why are you telling me this phil says because I don't know how to be a god. <gasps> That's so cool. <sighs> so he, he That's thinks so cool. He thinks Rita's gonna help him like learn how to be a god, even though she doesn't believe he is a god. Rita, you know how to be a god, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing other people know. You're a producer. That's kinda like being a god. <laughs> You're in charge of making sure I do the right things. <laughs> that yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of like textbook definition of God, right there. Yeah, she's a Jiminy Cricket to his almighty Pinocchio. Yeah, so the yeah, so first the first reason that Phil gives for why he's telling all this is because I don't know how to be a God, and then and then in the second revision, you know where where uh, Harold Ramis came in is when we get the. 
because I want you to believe in me. That's weird. Which I think is a really interesting line. Because he doesn't say... He doesn't say, I want you to believe me. Believe. He says, believe he in. He specifically says, I want mm-hmm. you to believe in me. Which is a very yeah, godlike thing weird. to do. You know, God didn't come down and, and, you know, meet Moses on the mountain and, and give tablets and whatnot and, and, and testaments and say, I want you to believe me. God wants you to believe in me. Yeah, this kind of contradicts him saying he's not the God. Yeah, I mean, that's a very the God thing to say. I want you to believe in me. And it's a very, like, American God's Neil Gaiman type thing. Like, like oh, if we stop believing in groundhogs, like, Phil Connor will disappear. Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> oh, clap your hands and this groundhog will come back to life. <laughs> it's like a fairy. Everybody clap, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he thinks if Andy McDowell worships him, then he'll become... I mean, kind of. That's kind of what happens. Because something is special about Rita, because he doesn't... uh, I mean, this is for much later, but he doesn't come back. He doesn't end the cycle with any of the other people who he has, like, nights with. It is something special about Rita. Yeah. Um, so that was all very interesting. And if uh, if our listeners want to hear more of your interesting insights, where can they find you? Well, you can hear me talking about how toy anatomy is messed up and how they're effectively, uh, they live for thousands of years as well. If you go to Toy Story Minute, a podcast that's like this, except for instead of that one, it's that one about Toy Story, that those movies. We've done the first two. We'll continue to do them. Uh, we're in a hiatus right now. We're talking about like, Pixar shorts and that kind of thing. And uh, you can find that on Dueling Genre or in whatever podcasty thing that you do. Just search it out, and that's pretty easy. And you can follow us on Twitter at Toy Story Minute or join our listeners group, Andy's Room Toy Story Minute Roundup, and it's whole thing. So, yeah. So that's it for us. And we're, we thank you for listening in today, and we will see you tomorrow if there is one. I could come back if you're not ready. Don't let them say your hair's too long.